right, guys, welcome to episode 31 of the Self Love Effect podcast. I'm your host, Desiree Toppings. And if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another podcast episode again. All right, so we're back, we're rolling, we're ready. And this week, I have a special guest. She's honestly, for the first time in my life, I didn't feel alone in regards to being a stepmom. And I feel like there's certain people that come into your life for a reason. And when I was feeling overwhelmed and just felt like I wasn't enough in regards to that part of my life, um, I, our paths cross. And ever since then, I mean, I, I look up to her as a mom, as a woman, and I adore her as a friend. So this week's special guest is Susie Fong. For those of you who are SP members, you may know her, at least I hope you do. So before I, we start chatting, I want you guys to close your eyes. Cause I know we have a lot to say, so I don't want to be Miss Chatterbox already. So I'm going to read from Define Me, Divine Me. I'm going to read two segments and then you guys can repeat it on your own or you can go back and repeat it later. But um, yeah, so close your eyes and repeat after me. I am perfect exactly the way I am. I am beautiful and talented and no one can ever take that away from me. I am worthy of miracles to bless my life. I am loved, irreplaceable. I am enough. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And I wanted to take one more second to read this poem of Surrender by Phoebe Garnsworthy. And it says, with every breath, I become more myself, more me, more in touch with the divine within. I inhale confidence and wisdom as I open the channel to my intuition. And as I exhale, I release anything that holds me back from being true to me. All the limiting beliefs, the grief, the lies I tell myself. I let go of all the things causing me unhappiness and pain. With each breath, I gift myself peace and harmony, surrendering wholeheartedly into myself to love and closer towards my dreams. All right, guys. So I have Miss Susie Fong. Welcome to the Self Love Effect podcast. I am so excited. We're finally doing this. So I'm excited. Yeah, we're gonna, go ahead. <laughs> no, it's cool. I, I love these, especially when it's the first, cause like I was so nervous. Like I literally mm-hmm. hung up at the end on Carolina during the SP mamas. <laughs> and I was like, Oh crap. I wasn't supposed to hang up until like, I like messaged her really back. I was like, I'm so sorry. I was just so nervous. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, she's like, it's okay. I was like, Oh, I guess I had to like, I was like, I wanted to conversate with her at the end, but, um, yeah. So but I'm excited and we're going to talk about all things in particular, stepmom life, mom life. Um, and also Susie is going to share with us her self-love journey. And like, it is big, 
She's <laughs> been all over. And I feel like there's so much to grasp from your journey in particular. And like, I love going back and you have so much to tell, like all these photos. And like I was telling you before with the recording, not many women are vulnerable enough to take photos throughout their whole entire journey. They don't feel comfortable yet. You have so many pictures <laughs> to go back on. And it's amazing to see the progress and the difference and really the stages throughout your whole entire um, journey of fitness and love and um, just seeing your body like transform and with motherhood and all that. But um, I really wanted to dive in first with being a stepmom. Because like I said, you were the first person to really understand me. And I, after that, I remember just crying, reading your message and I might get emotional here, but it felt so good to finally have someone understand how hard it mm -hmm. is and how hard it is to really express how you're feeling because you don't want it to seem selfish mm -hmm. at times. And really, you don't always have the answers because you're not technically mom. Yeah. So it's it's really hard. You're put in this like, I don't know, it feels like like you're trapped and you're trying to claw out. But if you're too mean, then you're the wicked witch of the West. Yeah. But if you're too nice, then your kids feel like, why are you favoring mm -hmm. them or her like him or her? Like, it's not fair, mom. But um, yeah, I mean, how do you do it? What advice would you give? I know you've given me so much advice and I appreciate all of it, but how has that journey been in particular for you? Um, well, a little bit of backstory. Like I remember coming across your pictures on, as soon as I joined street parking, like yours was one of the first one I saw and probably the first mom I ever saw wearing just a sports bra with stretch marks. And I was like, Ooh, she's my girl. This is what I want to be like. And then as soon as you posted about being, I had already like fell in love with you because you were confident in your body. And that was something that I knew that I wanted to have. And I've been working hard towards it, but you were the first person with like a bigger social media following that I saw that did what I really wanted to be able to do without thinking about it. Like I wanted to be able to just be like, you know what? I'm hot. I'm going to take my shirt off. It doesn't matter what I look like. And there's so many people that won't do that. Won't show that side of it because it's not perfect or it's not Instagram or whatever. Um, and then when you posted about being a stepmom, I was like, Oh, this is my girl, like all these things. And we have these little kids that watch us in the gym. And we have this other side where you come into a marriage with another person. And I was like, yep, she's my person. And I like, cried to my husband. I was like, look how cool she is. And she has a steps on and she's doing all this fit stuff. He just walked in. He's like, what are you? <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I love it. I was, don't think I told him. That I was doing that. But, um, yeah, so, um, just wrangling first of all, wrangling motherhood in general is like really hard. Not only are you responsible for just making sure you're okay. Like you have all of these people caring that you, that depend on you for everything. And then when we have spouses or significant others that 
are working and then it's our responsibility to make sure that their like blood is taken care of too that's like more I feel like so much more responsibility because I'd be like oh my gosh at first I was like well yeah I need to keep this person alive but then like what if and I would have this like crippling anxiety what would happen if something happened to Holden and then I had to tell my stepson something happened to Holden I had to tell his mom I had to tell his dad and all of these things and um like it would like back me into like dark (laughs) I'm sitting in the staircase so I can make sure that um, do crazy things down there (laughs) because he likes to jump off of the table (laughs) But it was just such a journey and just like feeling confident in my own parenting at first to know that like I could do it. Like, and then it's like a whole journey of like when you decide to have kids and bringing another baby into the picture when this is your first baby, but not their first baby. And so then like trying to find the balance of what you can say hi. Come here. This is Ellie. Hi. <laughs> She's our, she's our middle, super middle kid, <laughs> like exactly the middle stereotype. <laughs> That's my sister. Don't worry. The hand rest off the nugget, the little rolls off the nugget on the I'm recording the podcast. <laughs> um, and now I've like talked for song. I don't even remember what the original question was. But <laughs> no, we're, I, she's so cute. But that's, that's perfect because it's mom life, right? That's what we're talking yeah. about. But yeah, you 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 enter a relationship and mm-hmm. it's like, it's we were talking about this, but it's not just, you don't technically understand really because you know, you're in love and oh my gosh, I could do this, but uh-huh. you don't understand the depth uh-huh. of, of it when someone else is involved. And I remember my dad giving me, um, uh, a call and he's like, Hey, I really need to talk to you. I was like, Oh, they don't like Mike. Cause he has a kid. And yeah. he's like, listen, it's not about that. It's, are you going to get bored? Cause I had a tendency to get bored. <laughs> my parents would say, and, um, and cause my dad's very honest. And yeah. I was like, what? And I was like, you know, getting offensive. And he's like, uh-huh. you have to understand that this isn't a game. Another and he goes, I'm not trying to say that you, this, you're playing as a game. He's like, but when there's a child involved, you need yeah. to right now figure out, is this long-term? And if it's mm-hmm. not, you need to cut it because yeah. that child is going to get attached and they're the ones that are going to be affected. Not mm-hmm. you, not him. Miles is going to be affected. And that's not fair to tamper in a child's life. So figure mm-hmm. it out. And I remember getting off and I was like, because I remember telling Mike, I was like, you know, he's like, listen, one of like the second times we like went on a date, he's like, listen, I'm going to tell you this right now before we go anywhere. If you don't accept my son, then mm-hmm. this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, no, like, I love you. But then hearing it from my dad, I'm like, wow, like this is way deeper than just me and my feelings and like mm-hmm. being in love or whatever I feel at this mm-hmm. current state. And then the child's involved and you feel like, Oh my God, I can't let anything happen to him. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. I remember like feeling like, what are these feelings? Like I was yeah. like so overwhelmed all the time and still I'm because I never want anything to happen to yeah. him. And it's like a whole different playing field. 
And I know mm-hmm. like some people are like, oh, I totally understand. I'm like, you don't, but you don't, but you don't because it's different being a stepmom. And like, it's hard to even like correct him at sometimes. Cause then some mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you're just mean to him. And it's like, oh my gosh, like I am never going to do anything right. This is what it's like <laughs> hand out to be like, it's not, it's never going to be right. But as long as he knows that I love him and I will go the mm-hmm. distance to save mm-hmm. his life, then yeah. I've come to accept that that's all that matters because no one sees what goes on in our household. They only see what, you know, what they see in the moment. And it's always like, and sometimes I'm just like, well, this just makes me feel like a shitty person. Like it breaks you. It really does as a human being. And it's, it will test you until the end of time. Cause it's like, you're, you're putting so many, like I feel predicaments and you're just like, well, what do I do? Mm-hmm. How do I get out of this one? And I came into it with like, kind of like I have, I have step parents and my, I had a really strained relationship with my stepmom as an adult and we're trying to work through it. And that's a whole different thing. We just kind of ignore all of the trauma that happened so I can see my dad. But so I have this vision of what a stepmom is. And I like did not want to be like that. And she would like blatantly favor her daughter over my sister and I, and I, um, I wanted to go into it, like never doing that. And I, and sometimes I felt like I was, I still feel like it, that I like will wicker punish or discipline the girls in Brooks over my stepson, because I don't ever want him to feel like I, I love them more because I had them biologically. Like I've been in his life since he was two. Like I, he calls me mom when he's here, like, unless he's mad, then he calls me Susie. And so then that's yeah. <laughs> Same here. And he calls me, you know, <laughs> and so I like have a hard time disciplining him and he's getting to be, he's 11. So he's in those like preteen hormones and all of the things. And, um, and there's times where I need to do it, but it's hard for me because I, he takes criticism, not the best and he thinks that we're just picking on him. And then he's like, well, you love them more than me. And, and that just hits my heart. Like, it's like, he knows, or he might not know, but like, to me, I'm like, he knows that's what I like, like, don't want to do the most because I remember feeling those feelings and, um, it's such a tricky balance finding like the right point, because if you don't discipline them, then you're also not showing them love. Like you need to, they need to be held accountable. They need to be held responsible. They need to know structure. And that's so important in building relationships. But but then at the same time, like I also had this big fear that Jordan, my husband, that he, I was really sensitive. I was really like sensitive that I didn't want him to think I didn't love holding. And so like, if I would discipline him in the beginning, I like, he thinks that I don't love him or like, I'm proud of him. I don't feel like I can do this because 
of what I think that you're feeling, even though he's never said that to me, but I would perceive like the looks or like a different way he would handle the situation as something else. And so then I'm trying to feed off of my own feelings, which like are crippled with anxiety a lot of the times and trying to decide what he's feeling, which he's never said it. And so, but I think that he said, I think that he thinks it like all of that. Um, and still raise good humans. And that's like, our goal is like, make sure we're raising kind, good, hardworking, strong, like people who are going to, um, just bring out the best in people. And that's a lot of responsibility. Like that's a lot of stuff that is hard to do. And then that doesn't even like begin with the other set of parents that Holden has. Like we have to all try and work together and find a balance. And it was several years before we had any good communication. We're thankfully to a place now where it's good, but there were several years where they would have birthday parties and get togethers. And I just wasn't invited or I wasn't allowed to go. And so they would go and I would sit there (laughs) at home like, (laughs) it's tough. I mean, we're still, I mean, I still hold hope that maybe (laughs) someday she'll come around and we'll have good communication Mm because, you know, I feel like we should all be in a happy place. I mean, if they both moved on separately, but it seems like it's still in this place where it's miles is in the middle and it's so hard and it's so hard for me to see that. And I get so frustrated, like as a mom, maybe I would do that. Maybe I wouldn't, but in my heart, I'm like, I could never do that. Like I, I, I just couldn't like to, to, and I try to explain that to him because there's times where you know, he'll tell me like, oh, like you just don't get it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't, honey, I don't get you, but I'm trying so hard to understand you. And so, you know, I'll always be the voice of reason in regards to, I guess it's kind of good sometimes that I'm sometimes seen as a friend. So I could be the outsider looking in. Mm -hmm. And um, so I could be like, you know, that person that gives them advice and hoping sometimes it helps. And I'm like, I'm not trying to pick on you. I don't Mm -hmm. want you to go through the things I went through. And he already went through like some bullying and being called Mm -hmm. fat. And I'm like, when we're sitting down with him, I was like, I was there too. I was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you see me working out now. I was like, but that's not who I used to be. I said, elementary school was a living nightmare. I said, I hated Mm -hmm. it. I hated who I was. And I remember him like breaking down crying and like, I'm crying. I'm just like, God, like, I wish you could just be here all the time. So I, like, I feel the need to protect him. I mean, I've known him since three. It's like seeing Lily is like where Miles was at that age. And it's like, Mm -hmm. dude, like, I love you, like, in a way that I'll never love your sister and your brother because it's Mm -hmm. different. Yeah. I always try to explain to him, like, you're the love I have for you is so different, but it's not any less. And it's so hard to explain that to someone when they're just like, but those are your kids. And I'm like, yeah, but you're my kid too. Maybe you won't tan as good as those two, (laughs) but that doesn't mean anything. And, but yeah, it, it, it's, it sometimes like, and I read Mike the same way. Like if I look at him then I'm like, Oh, did I say something wrong? Oh my Mm -hmm. God. Did I make him upset? Oh my gosh. Like what am like, I'm, I don't feel like I'm pleasing enough. Like 
do I I side this way or do I side that way? And so like, you're so easily getting your head. And for the longest time, I was like, I don't even know what these feelings are. And then remember telling him, I was like, I just feel like, like I can't breathe sometimes. And he's like, um, that's called anxiety. And I was like, Oh, like, I remember like (laughs) this was years ago. And I was like, Oh, that's what that is. I was like, I just feel like, like, I, I, I don't know, like, you know, I'm not his mom and I, and I'll never meet the, and I never want to be his mom. And I tell him that like, in regards to, I'm not trying to replace your biological mother. I would never do that. But you know, just trying to find that balance too with him. And we're going through preteen, he'll be 13 this year. And, you know, he, he is an amazing individual, but I remember him leaving last week and I just come Friday night and I just felt all these overwhelming of emotions and just started crying. And I'm like, the harder it's getting so hard as he gets older, the kids are getting older. Mm-hmm. Lincoln has really bad depression when his brother leaves. And it's just like, mm-hmm. all these things go into play. And it's like, this is way bigger than just a silly divorce. Like yeah. there is like human emotions involved. Like can mm-hmm. we just all get a freaking along? <laughs> it's like, come on. And and I see the world and it's like, it's heartbreaking. And, and, and to know that other people are going through it and it's much, much worse. Um, but yeah, it's like being, I didn't ever realize like how hard it was, but I feel like when you're put in these, like, you know, believing in a higher power, it's like mm-hmm. you were meant for this because you have the strength mm-hmm. to get through it because mm-hmm. not a lot of people are. And I hear, you know, that's people personally tell me, I don't know how you do it, girl. I don't know how mm-hmm. you do it. I, I wouldn't be able to. And it's like, but to me, I, it, I, I, I don't know. Like I, I, it makes you feel strong too. Yeah. It's yeah. giving you a different power and you mm-hmm. visually see yourself in a different light. Cause you're like, well, if I can love like this, you know, mm-hmm. how would it be if I had my own kids? And I knew mm-hmm. because of him, I was ready to have my own. I was still yeah. scared. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I, I, I didn't, I really didn't know how it would be being pregnant and postpartum. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think he prepared me and oh, yeah. because of him, I was able to be the mom I am today mm-hmm. so, for, for sure. Yeah. And it's so interesting how you say like, um, you, you love him differently than Lily, but it's, it's sometimes almost more like we, when you have your own kids, like you, it, you just love them. Like, it's not it's something like that came out of you. It's like a natural thing, but like we, cho- we chose, we make a conscious effort to work on love with them every day. And sometimes that's harder, but sometimes it's so much more rewarding. Like they, I remember when he like called me mom for the first time. I remember when he said, I love you for the first time. And like, and he would make me mother's day gifts at school. Like he would tell his teachers, I have two moms and So he would bring one home for me. And it was like, I know that that was hard for his mom also, but like, um, I like cherish all those tiny little things. Cause like we say, I love you to Lily and Piper and Brooks. And I'm totally spacing your older son's name. Lincoln. 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 And like, we, like, we always like their words are going to come out and say, I love you. And it's just kind of like, what they've said but then like with Miles and Holden like they had they made a conscious choice also to love us back like they're we're in their lives and we're providing for them and we're being that stable person for them but like 
it wasn't a natural thing that they just chose to love. And I think that's such a big thing. Um, just like our spouses, like sometimes the relationship is hard, but it's so rewarding to know that you've put in the work, not necessarily like it has to be work, but you've put in time and energy and devoted so much to these kids. And, um, that's a big thing. That's a, it's a really cool part about being a stepmom. Like, and we have like a unique situation because I know a few people who have, who are step parents, but they split custody 50 50. They see them all the time. Like they, like it's three days on four days off, but we go months and months without our kids seeing each other and our, and getting to see them. This last year was the first time that we ever had like full-time custody, but for the last like eight years, we would get them for those few weeks in the summer and then the one or two weeks during the school year. And that's really hard on a family. And that's really hard on the kids who are, the, our kids that are involved who just love them so much. And so seeing their heartbreak and seeing like our spouse's hearts break as we have to drop them off and needing to be the strong person when it hurts just as bad that they're leaving. But I also get like, if I'm being like honest and like, which I always try and be like, sometimes it's easier when, when they're not here though. Like we've talked about this a little bit and then I get a lot of guilt. Like when I'm like, man, it's, easier with just the little ones because they're so close in age and they like the same Mm -hmm. things. They're not right in that hormones yet, but our family still feels empty. And then I went through so much guilt this year. Like I was relieved that he was going to spend the summer because we had a rough few months, but at the same time, like he's such a great kid. And I know that he missed his mom and he misses his siblings that's there and he misses his stepdad, but it's hard to see them go. And then me feeling like I felt like a little relief. And then I was like, man, I'm a bad person for feeling this way. And, um, but you just can't help it. Like, I think that I would probably feel relief from getting a break from the three little ones too. Though. So I have to remind yeah. myself. Like if someone wanted to take them for a little while, I would probably honestly be like, oh, this is kind of great. <laughs> and you know, someone not in our shoes would think, oh, she's just a bitch. Like, wow, you're you don't have no emotion. Like, how yeah. could, why would you even like put yourself in that situation in the first place? And it's like, no, like, let's take a second here. We all, if you're a mom, regardless if you're a stepmom or not, there's mom guilt. Oh, yeah. there's times where you want to say, just take the kids for five minutes, yeah. an hour, like I need time and yeah. that should be okay. But yeah. we, we, as a, as a society stigmatize everything. So it's like mm-hmm. right away, like, oh, she doesn't deserve to be a mom because she needs a break. Okay. Yeah. Well, dads get a break all the time. Yeah. Most of them, if they're not stay at home dads and that's okay. So why is it not okay if we moms get breaks too? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's times where I'm just like, 
I, that's why I wake up. Honestly, I wake up at four o'clock and, but I get into the gym at five in the garage and it's like, I know Lily will be asleep the whole time. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's my time just as a mom to relax, to listen to a podcast, mm-hmm. to listen to whoever I want to listen to in my head with my AirPods on and just be calm. Yeah. And, and before the storm, <laughs> because you know, it's like, <laughs> we're going, 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 going. And then what happens is that we tend to forget about ourselves and this mm-hmm. all piles up. And then we wonder why at times we just like break down emotionally or we break down yelling. And then we catch ourselves. We're like, what the hell's going on? It's because you haven't taken time for yourself. Yeah. When's really mm-hmm. the last time. And it's the same thing with having, you know, a, a, a stepson, a, a stepdaughter. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like you're so in tune with your routine and it's like, something coming in, it's like, oh, wait, I got to shift everything. And when they're Mm -hmm. older, it makes a big difference because it's like, you, you want to make sure that you're pleasing them too. You want to make sure you're doing stuff, not just, you know, you know, five-year-old and three-year-old stuff. It's like, you want to be able to do, Hey, what, what do they like? What are they into? Mm -hmm. You know, um, let, let's make sure that they're happy and satisfied, not just the little ones. Cause that's not Mm -hmm. fair. And it's like, and then when you, you get your routine back, it's kind of like, Oh, like there's times where you feel kind of like, okay, we could just go back to the way things used to be. And like, it's not like you're trying to like ban them. And it's like, I used to feel that guilt. Like, oh my God, I'm guilty. Like, oh my God, I'm a piece of shit mom. And it's like, no, you're not. You're just so used to being in a certain routine all Mm -hmm. year long that the six weeks in the summer and then the two weeks during breaks, Mm -hmm. it's like, you have to change things around, not I mean, I changed it in the instinct, but in a heartbeat, but mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, we stigmatize everything. And I think it's like not healthy for us either. And because we stigmatize too, like, and thanks Disney for sure for the stepmom yeah. stories oh, yeah. because the wicked witch, yeah. the wicked stepmom, but mm-hmm. it's like, um, it's not like that there's good ones out there and, and there's I ones know. that like us that care and, and that wish we can have them and make a, you know, hope mm-hmm. and pray that we're making a positive impact in their life. Mm-hmm. So they grow up to be better humans and good humans mm-hmm. and change the world for the better. And, you know, make sure that they leave the world better than they found it. But yeah, I just feel like there's so much that circulates around it. And when in reality, regardless if you're step or biological, you're still a mom and it's still just as hard Mm -hmm. because you're trying to figure it out. You're trying to get it right. Every kid's different. They're not the same. My kids are biological Lincoln and Lillian and they're different. Maybe they're like their little facial expressions are identical, but their attitudes, one's passive and one can be very aggressive (laughs) with a big, she has a very big attitude, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, we're just trying to figure it out. And it's just, you don't always come across a person that has mm-hmm. pretty much identical story yeah. with, with custody and just like the whole grand picture. And it was just mm-hmm. like, it was a me too move, a mo- moment, me too moment in, in my life where you were just like, yeah, like me too. Like, and you had uh, took time to write me and I was like, wow. I'm not alone. Like out of mm-hmm. all the things, like I felt alone for so many years and I felt like a bad stepmom. And then you came in and it was just like, why couldn't I have found you like four years ago when I was like, in yeah. <laughs> but it was perfect timing. 
we had a real rough go for a while and I could have used you back then because <laughs> you were the person that I really talked to about it, like about the heart, because it's hard that you feel judged. Like it's easy to feel judged. I have several people in my family and in my life who are like, I don't understand it. Like just, it's, he's just another kid. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a whole nother dynamic to this situation. And this year for the first time, we're doing like a little family vacation without him. And it's, it took us a long time to realize that like, we do have to do things as a family when he's not here. And I know that when he comes home, he's going to hear about it and he's going to be so upset. But then at the same time, he's not sitting around doing nothing at his house. Like he lives in Florida. He's, he went to like Disney World. And I'm just like, I know you're going to be upset that we went to the Great Wolf Lodge, but like we can't let our lives just stand still and only do things this, the little chunks of time that we had it. We did. We tried to make the most out of it, but then at the same time, like our other kids are not getting to do things because we're always, we were always waiting to do them. When mm-hmm. And it came across. Yeah. Hi, buddy. <laughs> I came across like a, a stepmom on Instagram one time who like was like, it's okay. It's okay to take trips without them. And I was like, no one had ever said that. I never, ever in the seven years that I've been parenting him thought it was an option like when you so when you just like come across them and you're like oh my gosh you get it like it's hard there's feelings there's emotions there's like I have so many friends who are parents but I don't know a lot of people that are in our situation but and everyone's situation is a little bit different right. and we all have similar feelings like there's hard stuff about this side of it but there's also such awesome stuff because we get an extra kid and I didn't have to be pregnant that fourth time. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. They, they made it a breeze for us. They made it a walk yeah. in the park. Walked. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And that was a tough lesson for us too. Like we had to really talk about it. We're like, it's okay if we do stuff like for a long time, we didn't, we were just like, no, we'll wait, we'll wait. And finally, mm-hmm. like, I talked to my husband. I was like, it's okay for us to do stuff too. Like, yeah, I mean, he's, they're always doing stuff out there in St. Yeah. Louis, but it's like, you, you know, again, that feeling of guilt, cause you don't want them to miss out on stuff, but it's like, yeah. how fair is it to the kids where they start to get this idea that only if brother comes, we get to do something. Mm-hmm. And those are like, we don't want to implement that mindset either mm-hmm. into them. And it's, it's a hard plate to just you know tackle it balance all. yeah and tackle it all but um I don't know if you've heard I found this poem and um I I briefly touched on it and I think it was on one of my stepmom uh post but I'm gonna go ahead and read it because I really love it and uh, hopefully I don't cry because it always gets me because when I read this I was like oh I t- like I like yeah, this is, this is us. Like this Mm -hmm. is it. Um, but it says I took on a role that I never expected for my life until I fell in love with my husband, the role of a stepmom, or as I like to refer it to a bonus mom, it is a role that demands strength, endurance, resilience, wisdom, and flexibility. 
a willingness to serve and sacrifice, a commitment to put the needs of others ahead of my own, and an ability to love unconditionally. Bonus moms are women who love, care for, and raise children they didn't give birth to. Women who knew it wouldn't be easy, but are brave enough to bear the challenge. Women who continue being positive despite knowing they will likely never be acknowledged, appreciated, or accepted for everything they do. You can never truly prepare, sympathize, or know what it takes to be a stepmother until you've walked in our shoes yourself and felt the pain we feel in the fight, the battles we fight each day. So today I ask you of you to go please and love on a stepmama, give her a hug, send her well wishes, thank her because oftentimes she doesn't get any of those things as, as much as she needs or deserves. At the end of the day, whether you're a biological mom, adopted or otherwise, it's the little victories, the moment shared of love and happiness that makes it all worth it. And so at the end of the day, we're all moms, no matter what. So I love that. I think that's so important too. We, my husband and I had a conversation the other day because um, Holden has a stepdad and his mom and, um, and then Jordan and I, and, um, and his mom and stepdad actually separated. So now he has another figure that's coming into his life. So he has all of these people who love him. And I was like, I put the most energy into him. And I am the least liked out of everyone. And I was like, that's so unfair. Like we obviously COVID happened. He was a fifth grader last year. He was living with us. And I was like the sole person with school every single day. Jordan was able to help a few days a week, but for the majority of the year, it was me making sure that he was um, trying to get caught up on all of these parts that he was behind in and trying to um, keep his mental health in check, which was like another thing that we were dealing with and all of these hormones and balancing two other kids in school and a toddler who has speech delays. And I'm like, I have been like hammering the nail to the ground and I am the last person he chooses. Like he chooses every other person that is his parent. And then, and, and I, I get like, I know that that like, I was like, I know this shouldn't matter, but I like get so upset because I am the one putting all energy into it. I'm the one doing a lot of the hard things. And yet he, like, if he had to go like down the list, like I'm for sure the bottom. And I'm like, oh, not fair. <laughs> I like, and I know that other stepmoms like get that way too, but just know that what we're doing and like that day to day, like putting in all that stuff like even if they don't realize it now eventually as they're older they're gonna be like these are the people who really love me who really invested in my life and so even right now if you're listening to it and you're like man I'm on the bottom of the list it doesn't feel worth it like it's so worth it it's so worth it eventually they're gonna see that that consistency that continuous love all the work that you've put in when you don't really have to you know like we choose to do this like absolutely like we could potentially walk away at any time and that's it they we don't have to do it and we choose to do it every day and and that's another thing like we're kind of like I like 
It sounds bad, but I have to love the little kids. Like I have to love them. They're my mom. They're, they're mine. Like I would have to take them with me. Like I choose to love him every day. Like I choose to stay. Not that we have any problems at all in our relationship right now or anything like that, but like I choose him every day to love on him and be his mom and know. And so it's hard. The hard parts are hard, but yeah, and I know that parts, like you said, are rewarding. Yeah, yeah. But that poem, it just like hits hard. So I was feeling that when he left, he's like, like the last person he checks in with, or like has anything to say to like, oh man, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm over here, like, because I, I, I like, yeah, like it, it was hard. It was hard to always feel like. I was like resented and still am by certain family members. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. I'm just trying so hard Mm -hmm. to be the best mom, not just for my kids, but for him too. And I remember just like, like crying sometimes on myself in the closet. I'm like, like, what else can I prove? Yeah. I am like, I try to be implement, like I'm a freaking good human every day. I try, I was like, what am, what's the missing link? And there's really no missing puzzle piece. It's just in time. I feel like know that, that everything I did was to benefit him and his life in the long run. And it's like, at that point, that should, that's the only thing that matters and keeps me going. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's hard. So if you're listening and if you're a stepmama, um, know that we are rooting for you. We're cheering for you, and never forget how amazing of a job you're doing. And um, you're not just a stepmom; you're a mom too, um, and you do matter. Uh, and, you and you're not alone. Yeah. Not alone. There's if you're ever feeling like overwhelmed, reach out to one of us. Like. Yeah. Follow us on social media. I have a lot of kids that don't sleep through the night still. So I'm up. I'll check that. I'll chat with you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. But I want you to, to share about your journey. If you got time with us here, but cause your journey is so big and just <laughs> like myself, we mm-hmm. are finally in the state of being comfortable in our mm-hmm. own skin, but tell us, cause I know you have a bodybuilding background mm-hmm. you're currently a crossfit you're level one or level level, level one level mm-hmm. one crossfit coach and you mm-hmm. also went through this weightlifting seminar just a few weeks mm-hmm. ago um so you dipped your toes a little bit of everywhere in the yeah. fitness world but um you have such a big journey like i said earlier you have so many photos to prove that but tell us a little bit how you really reached okay. um, and evolved into the person you are today yeah okay so um, a little bit of a backstory is that I grew up, um, my mom was significantly anorexic, like to the point where, um, she needed to be hospitalized at one point because she was, um, five, eight and weighed, uh, 88 pounds. And so she needed to go and get treatment for that. And, So I grew up in a house where, um, I grew up with my dad. So he had sole custody of me. My mom had other issues, but like, she's awesome. Um, but I grew up hearing constantly from her that if she weighed over 120 pounds, she was fat. And, um, so me growing up as a teen, never once weighed 120. Like I was always above that. 
And so even though she never said like to my face that I was fat, like she would say that she was fat. And so then I was like, oh, well, of course I'm overweight. I weigh more than she does. Um, so I internalized a lot and like put a lot of emphasis into what the scale said and feeling just that, that it just wasn't good enough if I couldn't weigh this weight. And if you ever look on my Instagram, I've posted a few pictures from like bodybuilding and I never weighed 120. I always, I've never in my life actually stepped on the scale at 120. At the leanest I was, I was still 126 or 127. Um, and so that was a whole journey trying to just grow up hearing all of those words. And I was never, I wasn't like an overweight kid, but I was always like right around 147. Like that's where like my body would sit. Um, and then um, I we got pregnant with our first and I went up to 200 pounds and I'm five, four. So that's a lot of weight on my frame. And I at like six months in, I got stretch marks, like bright red stretch marks from like pelvis up above my belly button. And I'm 25 years old. I'm the first of my friends to have a baby. I'm the first person that I've seen that has these bright red stretch marks. Like my mom didn't have them. Um, my sister didn't get them. Like, I was just like, what is wrong with me? Like how, how did I let this happen? And so like, it really messed with, um, myself. Like I just thought that they were so like, it was so bad to do that. And then we had this beautiful giant nine pound baby girl who <laughs> she was huge. like, she looked like, uh, my husband's half Chinese. So our daughter is a quarter Chinese. She looked like a sumo wrestler, like didn't fit in the clothes, like, no neck, like just the fattest old thing you ever saw. Um, and I had her and I remember holding her and like thinking all those postpartum hormones and just being like, I cannot let her feel the way that I feel. Like I do never want her to look at herself in the mirror and think the way I think. Mm -hmm. And I had so many dark moments and my husband has like sat with me crying as I'm just hating on every little imperfection. Um, and then, so we had Piper and then we got pregnant right away with our second one. And um, so again, I like with Piper, I didn't really work out. And then with Elliot, um, I ran every day. Cause I was like, okay, I cannot be 200 pounds. Like they're only going to be a year apart. Like I have to do something. And, um, so I ran like five K's, like four times a week. I ran a five K the day she, the day before she was born. And I still got on the scale at given birth and I was 200 pounds. Like my body just loves that. And, um, so then after I had her, I was like, okay, looking through things. And I was like, who are the people that are, who, who are, who are what I want to look like? Who are these people that are skinny? Mm. Ah, okay. Runners, runners do it. This is what I'll do. And I was like, so I signed up for a full marathon and, um, I ran a full marathon six months postpartum with Ellie. And I like, do not recommend that. Don't do that. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, 
I was certain that if I could run a full marathon, I could lose that baby weight. And, um, cause I never really lost it with Piper. I just got pregnant again. And I was like, this will, this will do it. And I'm still nursing and trying to keep this baby alive. And I have a one-year-old and a newborn and I crossed the finish line and I weighed 10 pounds more than I did. So I like crossed the mirror or I had dropped some weight and then needing to nurse. And I ended up crossing the finish line 10 pounds heavier than when I had started training for it because I needed to continue to eat all this food in order to keep my milk supply up. And then I crossed the finish line. And I was like, well, this is a joke. I did this whole thing and I still didn't lose weight. Like what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And, um, and still in the head, I'm in my head, I'm seeing like the scale saying like 188. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm just so big. Like, this is not okay. How can I, and I'm having all these terrible thoughts and all of this anxiety and depression. And then I had like these thoughts, like I can't let the girls see me like thinking these things I can't let them watch me pick myself apart in the mirror I can't and I remember it was like summertime and I like would not put a swimsuit on because I was so upset that I still had all these stretch marks and I'm like in my mid-20s and being like I never wanted to so and then I decided okay well I need to change I need to figure out some way that I can shift my mindset so that it doesn't matter. And um, so then I signed up for a bodybuilding show. because I was like, if I can get on stage in front of all these people in this like three inch bikini, then there's no reason why I can't go to the beach in a swimsuit with my family. And so that was what initially inspired me to do bodybuilding shows is I just wanted to get to a point where I felt comfortable in my skin. And I thought like, I still thought like I needed to be this certain smallness or this certain, like I needed to shrink away so that you wouldn't like see my imperfections. Um, and so I trained for a bodybuilding show and I started in January ish and got on stage in, in October and I lost like 60 something pounds in that point of time. Um, and, but then I was in a whole different headspace because I still felt not good enough. Like I still looked in the mirror and picked apart everything, even though I'm getting on this chill and it's in the one twenties and I'm still looking in the mirror, like you're not small enough. You're not lean enough. You're not this, you're not that. And, um, then I started to realize like, like this was not the answer, like being a certain weight or having like a specific goal like that is never the answer. Cause there's always going to be just a little bit more you want to do, or just another number you want to hit or just a lower body fat percentage. And, um, so coming back from two bodybuilding shows, I had kind of this negative spiral out of like needing to, I like, did not want to eat. And I was so anxious to put on any weight, but my performance in the gym was, um, not getting better because you can't get better if you don't eat. And I, um, got into CrossFit because the coach that was coaching me through bodybuilding under CrossFit gym. And I was using that as just my cardio. So I didn't have to spend 
hour, two hours, three hours on the treadmill right. and kids. And so I would do my hour really fast and CrossFit and try and do it as high intensity as I could. But I um, uh, just wasn't like, I wasn't all into it. Um, so then I started really looking at like what I wanted, like what, what, what makes me happy? Like what sets my soul on fire? And, um, when was I the most happy? And it was when I would be able to like lift a certain amount or when I could prove that I was strong enough to do something. And so that was kind of my driving factor on like, Hey, I was able to do this competition. I did it at a year postpartum with two babies. I ran a full marathon. Like I can do big things. My body can do cool things. So I need to figure out a way to balance that. And, um, I have like bigger shoulders. Like I have broad shoulders and I remember, um, seeing CrossFit and seeing these girls with muscle and being like, actually, this is what I find the most appealing, the most attractive are how strong, how powerful, how fast they could do things. And so then I was like, okay, well, maybe I need to put more effort into CrossFit. And I just like wholeheartedly fell in love with it and fell in love with how much better I felt like Mm -hmm. getting stronger and, um, it's taken lots of years. So I'm four years since my last bodybuilding show, but, um, I'm at a point now where I loosely track macros. I know what my body needs, um, to move well, but I'm still like, there's still points in time where I'm like, Oh, I'm eating a lot of food. And we just did a nutrition challenge and we looked at my numbers and I, in order to just maintain, I need to eat 2,700 calories. And I like in my head, I'm like, holy moly, I can't eat that much. Like that will make me 200 pounds again. But like, really, I work out a lot. I have a lot of muscle and I need that much. And then, so in between bodybuilding we have another son. So we had another baby. And so I was able to, um, maintain my strength and CrossFit my whole pregnancy with him and coming back and seeing women with strong bodies, strong muscles really encouraged me to want to continue that. And so coming back from this third postpartum, I was in probably the best headspace I've ever been in because I knew that it wasn't a number on the scale that I needed to get to anymore. That wasn't what set my soul on fire. Like being 120, I was the least happy I've ever been in my life because I still, like I had all this expectations of once I got this small, everything was going to be rainbows and sunshine. And it was not, it was like the opposite. And, um, so coming back from Brooks, I was just surrounded by people who were amazed at what I was doing. And I was like, I'm not doing anything special. I'm just working out because this is what I enjoy. This is what gives me, this is what makes me feel like me. Like I feel the best when I'm laying on the floor dead from a workout. I feel the best when 
I am surrounded by people who um, like are yelling for me to keep going, who are just encouraging me. And um, it's so funny because I remember like looking and the thing that I always wanted was just to have a strong back. Like I wanted my back to be big and like look muscular. I wanted to walk into a room and people be like, oh, she looks like she works out. Maybe she eats a lot of tacos, but she works out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I've had several people like this last six months yeah, who are like, you look like a crossfit. Like it is very obvious that you work out or do this. And I was like, oh, I made it. I'm here. This is where I've always wanted to be. And it's funny because I weigh, like I had to get on the scale this week because we did a workout with body weight um, on the barbell. It was actually today. It was terrible, but like I weigh 165 and I remember being like thinking that was such a giant number and like, I could not let myself weigh that. And I am the strongest and the fittest and the fastest and the happiest I've ever been like 20 pounds more than I ever thought I should weigh. And it's just like, the number doesn't matter. You have to find what makes you happy and you have to find people who encourage you to find that. And like, I'm so thankful for finding you. I'm, I am the first person at the gym to rip their shirt off. Like I like, yeah. it's the warm up, bro. I'm like, I'm dying. Be sure it's in a sports bra on in the dead of winter. Cause it's too yeah. hot. It's yeah. nice to never saw that I never I remember getting stretch marks and thinking it was the end of the world and now I think like dang my abs went back together I'm real cool it's fine (laughs) like we can do this and it's fun because we have some teen girls in our class that I coach and they're like I want to be like you when I grow up I want to be like you and I was like girl I like I don't know what you want I like just do you're you're doing so good and it's so interesting to hear people be like I just want to be like you. I want to find that, but it took a long time. It doesn't happen overnight. So like, I'm sure all of you listeners know, like if you're struggling with body image issues, like I don't have it all together. There are several times where I will change my outfit multiple times before I will walk out the door. But overall, like, I mean, I just try and remind myself, like I am, in the best place I've ever been in. I'm not the leanest by far, but being lean wasn't what made me happy. I think time, lots of time. Yeah. (laughs) Owning it is so hard. You got to think these women in, in during our time when we were younger, we were surrounded by magazines that said Victoria's Uh Secrets had to be skinny. Um, you had to look like this. What was the next fad diet, whether it was Atkins mm-hmm. or, you know, even paleo, whatever it was, mm-hmm. it was always kind of just shoved down our throats. And now you're seeing women now because of certain, you know, people in the media, uh, celebrities, like you have to look like this. You have to alter your appearance to look like this. Mm-hmm. So when they come across someone like you, you know, working out at the gym, ripping it off and seeing the stretch marks that's, you know, 20 year old, 19 year old, 16, mm-hmm. however young they are, is like, they're not used to that. So when they see that, they're like, holy crap, 
that's what I want to be because owning it, being vulnerable is very much strength. And it doesn't come from a place that's Mm -hmm. just uh, gifted to you. It's learned and learning Mm -hmm. that is one of the hardest qualities you can have in life because you have to make the commitment every day to try harder, to show up for Mm -hmm. yourself, to, to believe in yourself, to value yourself and to know that you are worthy. And that is freaking hard. It's hard. And that should be one of the easiest things because love Mm -hmm. is a natural gift. That's what we're born to do is to love and be loved. And yet it is so freaking hard to love ourselves because of all this shit the world wants to give Mm -hmm. us. I know you have kids, sorry, but um, they're just like, it just shoved at us. And it's like, Mm -hmm. then you wonder why mental health is becoming Mm -hmm. more and more of something that we're trying to expose and just be aware of yet you want to sit down and pretend that you don't understand why this is a phenomenon. You know why it's years and years in the making. Mm-hmm. The diet industry is constantly making money. I mean, there's new fads every year, all year long, and all these new, even the filters. No, if you mm-hmm. like filters, that's great. I like them too. But I mean, the altar, when you're oh. altering your whole face, like, mm-hmm. come on, let, let, let's kick back just a little bit. That's, that's really diminishing you as an individual because you're mm-hmm. looking at yourself here and then you're looking at this altered version of you. And most people want the altered version because mm-hmm. they think that's what they should look like. And so, I mean, like it's, 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 it's mind blowing mm-hmm. what we're doing as a society too, when we have the answers and the answer is to be who you are, be so consumed in loving who you are and make that vow like it. And, and I love that. I I love this book and I keep it close to my bed, but love yourself like your life dependent on it because it Mm. really does. If you don't love you, who's going to love, who is going to love you the way you are? Nobody. It's your husband's not going to love you. Kids aren't going to love you like that. Only you can give yourself the power of self-love. And if you don't give it to you, then you're never really going to reach that level of true unconditional happiness. It just, it's, it's, and it's inevitable. Like you can't, you can't, I'm sorry. You mm-hmm. can't, you could say you yeah. can't, but like no. the whole scale thing, like, man, it's, it's amazing still how many people will resort to the scale and the outdated BMI charts. Oh yeah. Um, it's like folks come on and calories. Oh, I can only eat 500, 1500. Oh. I'm just like, someone asked me the other day and I was like, listen, I cannot personally tell you how many calories I eat. So you start eating those. Our bodies are all different. I train differently. And when Mm -hmm. there's some people are just tell me, tell me, and I'll tell them, they're like, oh my God, you eat that much. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, how much am I supposed to eat? Am I supposed to eat like 300 cows a day? Like that doesn't make sense. Your body food is fuel. Okay. You're going to need it. Or the women that are like, oh, I can't. Protein is going to make me bulky. No. Protein is what's going to keep you lean and yeah. sustain and maintain and also help you build muscle and burn fat. Like, <laughs> you know, you're educating as you're going on, but it's like all the stuff that were, is put out there. And then, you know, you come across it, you like it, you, you save it mm-hmm. and it's all nonsense. And it's so funny. Cause I remember, like, I hear this all the time. Like people are like, Oh, well, I don't want to do CrossFit or I don't want to do the workouts that you do because I don't want to get bulky. And I'm like, girl, I have been trying to get bulky for the last four years. Like it's not going to happen for you right overnight. My like 
family is so about that. They're like, help me, train me, but I don't want to get bulky. I'm like, yeah. I promise you, you're not going to get all right. of a sudden. <laughs> when people tell me that, I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah. You shouldn't have said that. Because then I'm like, <laughs> I'll put them through like high intensity, yeah. like, you know, like um, circuits. Yeah. And like, but with weights. And they're like, yeah. oh, this is, this was hard. I said, yeah. well, you said you wanted to do you yeah. know, your cardio. That's, that's, that's cardio. It's yeah. Like elevating your heart rate, spiking it up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was like, not the treadmill going like this. And like, I'll, they'll start oh. laughing. And I'm just like, you know, gradually pretending mm-hmm. like I'm running, but it's really mm-hmm. just a casual fast yeah. walk. I'm like, I didn't even get you anywhere. Yeah. I'm so, I, I, all these movies, yeah. all these fads, all these celebrity mm-hmm. insiders, it's all a piece of crap. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm just like, come on, let's go. If you want to yeah. get bulky, then go pick up the 55 dumbbells. Um, yeah. that's, you know, I, that I, I preference that, but I mean, I don't look like a man either. So it's like, no, it's just so much stereotypes and it's, um, it's, 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 um, it's not healthy for women. It's, no, it's and like, everyone has to find what, what really motivates them. Like my main motivating factor is my girls. Like I refuse to let them see me the way that I saw my mom. Like I walk around with shorts and a sports bra nonstop. So they see people who have stretch marks because they're genetic. Like it's likely that they will get them. And if I would have seen someone in my teens with them, if I would have, if like CrossFit athletes or girls with bigger muscles would have been around when I was younger, I just can't even imagine what, how much of it. Right. Yeah. So I am thankful that we get to race girls now where we can let them see different body types and let them know, like, this is awesome. Like your body is awesome. Look at what you can do. It doesn't matter what your skin looks like, like find your strength, find your why, and then just dig deep into it. Can you get that diaper on him? Too hard. Okay, I'll be right there. Okay, I'll be right there. <laughs> but uh, I did like what you said because you said you can't alt. I mean, <clears throat> we were talking about how you can't hate yourself into loving yourself. You can't. You can't. Like when you reach the bodybuilding physique, yeah. you still had issues internally because you can't alter your image mm-hmm. into a version you'll love your, the way your body looks has nothing to do with the love you have for it. It really doesn't Mm -hmm. like people, we cannot alter ourselves. We cannot Mm -hmm. hate ourselves into a version we love. We hear over, but it really is true. It's not nonsense. You love yourself. You have to accept every bit of you and really the stretch marks aren't going to make a difference. Like they're there. (gasps) Yeah. Cool. But guess what? That has nothing with digging down deep because it's the Mm -hmm. internal, it's the internal that's, that's, that means the most that's going to make the biggest difference because everything outer appearance. Okay. One day your legs might look, you know, skinny, and then you go Mm -hmm. work out for five years and then they're like all muscular Mm -hmm. that changes gradually. Your body will change throughout the course of your life, but you're in your mental state. And I say this over and over that is where self-love starts and that's where self-acceptance starts. And that's what matters. The outside appearance. Yeah. It matters. Yeah. Might make a difference. If you lose weight, if you lose hundred pounds, if you lose 200 pounds, 
but you could still lose that weight and still feel shitty about yourself. Yeah. So we just, you know, we got to keep chipping internally and, you know, commit you to helping ourselves out. every day. You have to figure out what really makes you happy. Like what is the thing, like I say it a lot, but what is the thing that sets your soul on fire? Like, where do you feel the most joy? And like, for me, it was getting stronger. Like being a better athlete is what matters more to me than anything else. So that's one thing I love about CrossFit is that it just encourages that. And it's pretty cool. I know mom duties are calling soon, but (laughs) is there anything else um, that you do to incorporate like self-love in your daily journey? Mm -hmm. Like your journey, is there something that Mm -hmm. you do every day that keeps you afloat? Um, Other than working out. Yeah. So I, um, I listen to your podcast, so that helps me, <laughs> but, um, I really just try and, um, like focus less on my body image, like really find like things that make me happy. And because there's always going to be parts, like even, even when you're content with yourself, like there's going to be days where you look at yourself and you're like, Oh man, what? what's this little thing over here? What's this little thing? And so I just try and remember that's not the biggest thing for me. Like whether it's if I'm waking up in like kind of negative headspace, making sure that I don't go step on the scale or I don't go do this, like making a conscious effort to not um, do things that are kind of going to make it spiral worse, like making sure that I keep that in check. Can you Oh, can you put his there back on? Go try it. I'll be right there. I'm almost finished. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I like that. And, th- and then I like, I was going to ask you for a quote cause I asked everybody on, uh, the spot, but I love that you kept saying, oh, no. do what sets your soul on oh, fire. And I was like, okay, that's her quote. That might be the title of this podcast episode. Um, because I love, I love that. Like, I think we forget that. And even more, Mm -hmm. especially as moms, because you're allowed to be a mom, but you're not allowed to be who you used to be. And that's not true. You could be who you used to be. You could be as a new version of you because you evolved. Um, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that that old person doesn't Mm -hmm. exist or that vanished. And so continue to do the stuff that sets your soul on fire. And I I love that. I, I, I think I I found a podcast name. Normally it takes me like an hour to figure out a name, but that because that's totally you. And I love that you said that, but I also want you to share, um, where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, um, whatever you have, social media platforms laid out for them. So they know where to Uh, add you. Okay. So I have two Instagram accounts. I have, um, let's see what they are. I think it's my main street parking one where I only post, or I really try hard to only post like workout stuff is coach Susie Fong. And then, um, the, my other one, is Susie Fitfong and that one has more just kind of some workout stuff a lot of my kids being crazy some honest mom moments but some of my I I went through this weird thing where I was like 
oh, I can't post so many workouts. People are not going to want to see this. And so then I built this second street parking account where I would only put my workouts when I was like, this is so silly. Why do I care what anyone else thinks about my Instagram feed? But now I have two and there's different followers on each one and it's too late. So I have two. <laughs> but those are them. If you want to follow me on Facebook, I don't really do much on there. Um, but you can find me under Susie Fong. I love it. I love it. Well, before I... Uh, end this. I'll chat with you for a second because I know you got mom duties coming up, but um, I wanted to thank you one last time for being on the podcast. Um, you know, I, I, I love who you are. I love what you do. Uh, I love what you share and um, keep doing it because you're not just impacting people on the internet. It sounds like you're also impacting those around you. Um, that you see on a daily basis. So keep doing what you're doing. I feel like when you have such a big journey, um, it, it it means it's because it's supposed to be shared and Mm -hmm. um, you already did the hardest job, which was putting yourself out there and showing your vulnerability. So um, I appreciate you. I appreciate all you stand for. So I really do. I love you and I'm inspired by you daily. Thank you for being a fellow mom that I can also speak to. Um, So if you guys aren't already following her, make sure you follow uh, and give her some love and some support. Um, I think um, we can all agree on one thing, and that is to do something today that will make the world better than you found it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so before I end this podcast episode, let me drop you guys some discounts as fast as I can. I told my husband the other day, can we just record this so you can add it on so I can, I, at, by the end, I'm just like, okay, let's just end this. <laughs> so, but really quick, you guys, that way I could chat with Miss Susie for a second. Um, if you haven't already, head on over to Born Primitive, get yourself some new swimwear. Uh, new fitness merch, whatever you want. They are humanitarian. They also do a lot for their communities. And especially during all of last year, they're all about giving back and they are veteran owned. Um, The link is in the synopsis also on my IG um, bio. Now, if you haven't invested in saving your hands, head on over to Wad and Done, get some brand new grips using Treasures 10 um maven threads headbands soak up all that sweat and get yourself a pair of headbands by maven threads you can save at checkout using self-love effect 15 and then last but not least again i have officially became a first form advisor you can join our free fitness community um, on the app and you don't have to buy anything first form, you guys. The app solely as your advisor, I would help you be your accountability, be your, help you with your nutrition and get you to where you want to be. But really, we, um, the team self-love effect, it is exactly what it stands for and what I do here on the podcast. Um, accountability goes a long way, but Health is wealth, yes, but it starts internally, mentally, and that's where the impact and the change occurs. So you can follow, you can add me, you can download the app and then add me um, by using Desiree at selfloveeffect.com. And then we also have a link for the self-love effect for free shipping through first form products. That link is also in the synopsis. So if you guys have any questions, just know 
I am an email away or DM away, whatever it is, text call, however you get a hold of me. Um, you can also email me at any time at Desiree at selfloveeffect.com if you have any questions or suggestions about this podcast. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. I love you guys. I hope you got out of it as much as I did. And again, I love you guys and let's make this world better. I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.